0: Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, You are loved. and um, open up your, your, your note uh, pad and whatever, whatever that looks like nowadays. And I want you to write this down. Actually, don't write anything down yet. Just write today's date, right? that you were at Nest Church and whatever else you like to do. If you like to draw happy faces and little doodles and all that on your paper, go ahead and do that. But I want to get into this message as the Lord spoke it to me a couple of weeks ago and he was just stirring some things in my heart and I wrote down some things on my own little notepad and um, just looking into it, I said, you know what, I'm going to share some of this and, and really pour this into to the family and to the body and, and as it's been speaking to me. And um, I am sure that the Lord is going to continue to speak this deeper into me as weeks come and stuff like that as we sit um, in his word. But I just started thinking about this. And, you know, w- one of the commandments... Uh, that we know in his word, is that we should not take the name of the Lord God in vain. Ever heard of that commandment before? You should not take the name of the Lord God in vain. And I believe that using the Lord's name in vain um, is serious. I believe it's biblical. Um, But it's not just about speaking his name in vulgarity. I don't believe it's just cursing and mentioning his name. Speaking of it freely with no reverence. I don't believe that that's the only thing that speaking the Lord's name is defined as. I also believe that one of the greatest ways that we may take his name in vain is actually by using it in order to justify something that we want. Sometimes we do it consciously. Sometimes we do it unconsciously. So let me explain to you because you, like, you might be saying, what do you mean by that? Well, People might say something like this. Or maybe you've caught yourself saying things like this. The Lord has confirmed to me. Or I have confirmation all around. And um, maybe we say things like, The Lord has directed me. That's another phrase that we may use a lot. And then the very popular one is, Well, the Lord has revealed. I I just have revelation from God. And the Lord has revealed that this is what I have to do. This is where I have to go. This is the decision I have to make. Now, I want to be very clear. I am sure for many, that is spot on. For many... That is 100%. The Lord has done a a mighty display of the supernatural to show that he has spoken and that he is involved. So I'm not discrediting this at all. But I am also sure. Everyone say but. Yeah, but I am also sure. And I have seen in my years that many have missed the mark. And they've used that, and I quote, The Lord has revealed to me as a get-out-of-jail-free card so that that way they're not questioned, they're not bothered, and that they could quickly move on because the reality is, come on, who's going to challenge the counsel of the Lord when someone tells you, the Lord has said to me? (laughs) You just back up and say, all right, the Lord spoke to that person. I guess you don't need no counsel. You don't need no kind of advice. The Lord already spoke it to you. And that's, I believe, is what using the name of the Lord in vain is also. It's, it's also that. It's using his name in something that he may not even be involved in or part of. Anyone agree with me? Yeah. And I'm sure that when we speak about this, you know, the Lord has revealed to me that, that phrase. I'm sure we all want a great revelation from God. How many of you want a great revelation from God? Uh, oh, I just want a great revelation from God. Nah, no, you guys are all good. Like where you're at, like I'm good. No revelation from me. I'm sure we all want a great revelation from God. Or I am sure we want greater revelations of God. And we may also be praying for the Lord to bring revelation in something in our lives. Maybe in regards to a prayer that we have. Amen. These are all different places where someone may be at. But if we're honest today, and let's be honest, sometimes it's the overusage. It's the overusage and the misunderstanding of this word revelation that draws people to be weirded out by some Christians. Because we use it so freely and so openly and sometimes in the wrong context that people kind of draw away from us. So here is a way... In which revelation is defined. Revelation is an uncovering. It's a bringing to light of that which has been previously hidden. Or wholly hidden. Or something that has been obscurely, only obscurely seen. Now it's revealed. It's brought to light. And, and, and listen. No doubt whatsoever that God's heart... His desire is to speak to us. It is to reveal himself to man. Actually, the author of Hebrews, if you're taking notes, you should write this down. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1, the author of Hebrews says this. He says, God who at various times and in various ways, you see that? The author of Hebrews, we may not know who it is 100%, there's debates on this, but In his insight, he said, God, who at various times and in various ways, he spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. And then he goes on in verse 2 and he says, and he has in these last days spoken to us by his son, Jesus Christ. So when you read Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1, it's very important in everything that I'm saying as I introduce this. It, it wasn't or it is not just in one way in which God may speak to us. I, I know what the number one and the most obvious and, the, and very powerful way that God speaks to us today. We know which one that is and we'll answer that now. But there are various ways in which God could speak to us. He speaks in various ways. If, if you want to throw some examples out there, you, you might throw things like dreams. He could speak to us through a, through a dream. We see that in scripture. He could speak to us through visions. We've seen that in scripture. He speaks to us through others. He speaks to us through creation itself, scripture says. And very important, very important he speaks to us through his word. How many of you can say amen? amen? He speaks to us through his word. So as Hebrews tells us that now in Christ, he's given us a supernatural revelation of himself, of his purposes, of his plans, which under the guidance of the Spirit, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he has been committed now to, to, to writing this word, it's, and, and it's this word that it's the, it's, it's the words of Christ, it's the life of Christ written in these pages. And we now have the fulfillment, the life, and the teachings of Jesus. We have what we know as the Word of God. Amen. I, I wanna say this the Word of God, the Word is not a record of revelation. The Word of God is not a record of revelation, but the Word of God is the revelation itself in a written form. And that's what the Word of God is. It is the revelation written out for us. It's not like, oh, look at all these different revelations. It's the whole book is the massive revelation of God. Revelation of God written. Today's message, if you're taking notes, write this down. It's titled, The Great Revelation. Revelation. I'm not gonna even turn to the book of Revelation. Um, this is not a, an apocalyptic message today about the end times and at all. The message is titled "The Great Revelation." So let's just have some fun, and this is dialogue, and and, and and get into this. I'm gonna share most likely just one event in Scripture today, a little bit different than where we're at the last 13 weeks, flowing through the Scripture of First Peter and Second Peter. <clears throat> But let's get into this. Think about this for a moment. You could write this down in your notes. You could answer this quietly. You could maybe poke the person next to you and answer it to them. Maybe you don't want to. But I'm going to ask you some questions just to kind of get your mind going as I get ready to jump into this study together. Here's a a question. What are you looking at? Or who are you looking at? We're talking about the great revelation Another question is, what are you looking for? Who are you looking for? What are you looking for? I felt this one really touched my heart when I wrote it. I felt like God was really speaking this to me when I wrote this down. What's the condition of your heart in the waiting? What are you waiting for? What's the condition of your heart? So I guess I could ask you next, what are you waiting for? Exactly, what are you waiting for? Maybe, maybe someone could say and answer this. Well, I just need a revelation from God to know what's next. That's what I'm waiting for. I just need a revelation from God to know what's next. And I say, Amen. If you have said that, if you're saying that, I could say, Amen, today's for you. And, and this is what the Lord wants to speak to us. I want to take you to an actual account in the life of Jesus that many of us know uh, well. Um, if you don't know it, well... Here's an introduction to it, but it's a very popular event that happened. And what's cool about this event is that it's sandwiched, it's sandwiched uh, between two um, very interesting moments. I don't know why I'm mentioning that, but I, I, as I was reading through it, I just thought that it, it's, so, it was, it's just so important. Like so many things were going on in those days. So, what was going on here is John the Baptist's death. Is, the, is one part of the sandwich. And then Jesus walking on water is the other side of the sandwich. Does anyone know what's in the middle of those two stories, of those two events? He also feeds, Scripture says, 5,000 men with five loaves of bread and two fish. And there were women and children, so scholars believe that it could have been anywhere from 15 to twenty thousand people in attendance when he did this miracle of feeding the multitude so you have (laughs) john the baptist beheaded jesus feeding the multitude with just a little bit of food a handful of food to then now we're going to walk on water and peter's going to try it out and he succeeds for a little bit i mean I, i just think it's so funny that all these things and all these events were happening so quickly very interesting as we look at these passages. Now, John the Baptist, remember this, as we're looking at this sandwich, John the Baptist is Jesus' own cousin. I don't know if you knew that, but he's Jesus' very own cousin. And he just gets beheaded by Herod Antipas. He gets beheaded, and I, and I would say that's not a good time for Jesus and his family. If your cousin gets beheaded, it's not a good moment for you. It's not a good time to celebrate. I wonder how your serving the Lord would be affected. If your cousin gets beheaded, what would you do the next day? Would you find strength within you to feed the multitude of people right after finding out that your cousin was just beheaded? Anyone with me? There's people getting sick now, but do we find strength that though we're finding out that people are sick to continue to do the ministry of the Lord and whatever he's calling us to do? You see what I'm saying? So John the Baptist, his own cousin, gets beheaded by Herod Antipas because Herod, he's at a party and he has no self-control because a young lady started to dance before him. And he was full of pride and he gives her her wishes. And long story short, you could go ahead and read it yourself. Long story he ends up decapitating John the Baptist. That's how the party ended. I would say it's a bummer for that party. Not a good way to throw a party or end a party. And then here is what Matthew 14, 13 says. Remember, John the Baptist was just decapitated. Jesus' very own cousin was just decapitated. And the next verse, the next passage it says this in chapter 14 verse 13 the book of Matthew says as soon as Jesus heard the news as soon as he heard the news of his cousin he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone but the crowds heard where he was headed and they followed on foot from many towns You see the life of Jesus? You see how human he was? You see the humanity of Christ there for a moment? His cousin is decapitated and what comes to his mind, what strikes his heart is, I just need to be alone for a little bit. Come on, have you ever been there? I just need some quiet time for myself. I just need to process all of this. I just need to, and as much as you just want to be alone, the things continue to follow you. So he goes to this alone place and when he looks, what does he find? There's crowds of people from all the surrounding towns and on foot, they went to go search for him. Think about if you were Jesus for a moment. Would you stand up on the top of the mountain and say, you imbeciles, let me rest. My cousin just got killed. I need time to cry. How would you react? Why do you come bother me? Can't you see that, I, that I'm going through this? I just notice this. But the crowds find out about him and they follow him and they go to where he's at. He hears about this news and the crowds appear to where he's at. And I love that, I love that Jesus teaches us that there are moments that we want to be alone. And who better than Jesus teaches us that? And there are moments... We want to be alone and we want to isolate. But what I caught from this was his life and our lives are meant to pour into the crowds, are meant to feed the crowds. Please listen to this. And it's okay to let ministry continue to flow from you from a vulnerable and painful place if your heart stays pure. He continues, Jesus continues to serve. You might be, well, oh, of course, it's because he's God and he's flesh and that's why he's able to do that. You could, you could make whatever excuse you want, but he's our great example. We're following his steps. Actually, the great commission, he says what? Teach them everything that I've taught you and, and do it. Do it as I've done. And so we learn from him and, and he continues to serve rather than isolate and complain why i'm sure i'm not the only one that's been here why did john have to die in such a manner father why did my cousin have to be decapitated why did they have to do do such a horrific thing like, like jesus could have just complained and and really just asked why instead what he does is it's totally opposite instead his heart is moved in that pain. It's moved in that pain, and what he does is he uses it to continue to serve the, the, his heart to others. He doesn't hide it, but it's a, it's, 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 it propels him to do what's about to happen next. It doesn't harden him when he sees the crowd. Moments like that soften him because he sees the day that he's living in to love on the crowd. Very difficult days in Jesus' life. But they didn't harden his heart. When his cousin got beheaded, I believe that what it really did was it softened it more. And it gave him more urgency for the crowds of people that were lost. And in this moment, that needed to be fed. Amen? Instead, his heart is moved for them. So... He's about to feed this massive crowd right after his cousin is murdered by Herod. He didn't get in an accident. He didn't get sick, and they were able to say their farewell. He was murdered by a high-sitting official. And you probably, in, those, in that moment, you probably feel I have no power to do anything. If Herod killed him, who's going to arrest Herod? Who's going to arrest the man that arrests the man? (laughs) And that's where Jesus could have been at. That's where his family could have been at. But now he's about to feed this massive crowd right after his cousin is murdered. Right after he feeds them, we're going to jump into the story. But let me fast forward for a moment. And he's done doing the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. He does something interesting. He takes the disciples on a boat. Come on, come on, come on. Get on the boat with us. Get on the boat. Get on the boat. Get on the boat. Everyone on the boat. On the boat. The crowds are are getting thick. Get on the boat. And as he takes them on the boat. There's a storm that is forming in the area of the Sea of Galilee. And as this storm forms, we know what happens. If you've read the story, the boat and They're worried, they're crying out, and they see a man walking on water. They think it's a ghost. It's none other than Jesus. And Jesus is there, and he takes his disciples to encounter this supernatural event, the walking on water. Peter gets to experience it himself. I I kind of was reading through these passages in Matthew, and in my notes, if I show it to you, you'll see I'm not lying. This is what I wrote, I put, and you know this phrase, right? what a weekend like what a time what a time to be alive can you imagine rolling with Jesus and events like that were constantly happening can you imagine that just like you're hanging with Jesus like dude it's awesome like you never know what's going to happen next yesterday there was a dead man for four days we we took him out of the tomb it was amazing The other day, it was a blind man crying out. He spit. He made mud. He snapped it on his eyes. The guy started to see. Everyone started jumping. He was crazy. There was another man that was paralytic for 48 years. He went up to him. I mean, you should see the things that we see every day with this man. (laughs) Imagine just being with Jesus. And here we have a sandwich of events happening. Their brother John the Baptist is... Killed Jesus is about to is feeding a multitude of people with the disciples. They too are feeding them. Then the walking on water, supernatural. I mean, what a time! And we go on to Matthew fourteen. In Matthew fourteen, verse fourteen, here it is: the great revelation. It says this: Jesus saw the huge crowd. Remember the huge crowd, and he stepped from the boat. And he says that he had compassion on them and he began to heal the sick. I mean, the man's cousin just got decapitated. And Jesus says, it's always a good time to heal the sick. But your cousin just got murdered. Yeah, but these people are sick and they need me. Like, it's just, all right. So much we could say there, but maybe we should behave. He has compassion and he begins to heal the sick mark's account because mark gives us the same account but mark says it this way he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd so he began teaching them many things so not only was he healing sick but Mark's account says he also began to preach can you imagine that he wants to be alone He wants to just get his heart right. He wants to just talk to the Father for a little bit. Just really align his thoughts here and and just spend some time alone and think about his cousin and stuff like that and everything that just played out in his life and in in the middle of all that he looks he sees the crowd and he's moved with compassion because he sees them like a sheep with no leader and what he does is he begins to teach them he begins to preach to them he begins to heal them and and it's just a beautiful sight imagine being a disciple and being led by such a leader whoa whoa do i have a lot to grow and learn from this man (laughs) because I probably would have ran I probably would have gone back home I would have ran into a cave I would have never served the Lord again like think about all the things that you would have done but now you're one of the disciples and you're seeing Jesus doing all this in his condition and you're like this guy's legit this guy's I'm good for it like I gotta learn I gotta grow like look what he's doing and he comes and and he sees them and he begins to be moved with compassion. Verse 15 says, that evening the disciples came to him. So it was a whole day event. Jesus spent the whole day with the crowd. Who spent... I mean, I mean, I got heavy for Jesus as I was reading this. I was like, whew, I was getting like anxious for him. Because like, who was there for Jesus? Who was there for him? Who sat with him? Who looked at him in the eyes? Did one of his disciples say, hey rabbi you're good (laughs) like i don't know like i looked at i looked at the great teacher here and i'm like this was an all-day event right after his cousin gets decapitated and it says that evening the disciples come to him this is (laughs) This is what they began to say. This is a desert place, a remote place. It's desert land. And it's already getting late, meaning the sun is going to go down on us. So what do the disciples think is a great idea? Here is the disciples' plan. Now, if they're going to present it to Jesus, I am thinking, you tell me what you think. That they got in a group, in a huddle, and they said, hey, what do you think? Should we tell them? uh, uh," And they were all discussing what they should do. And finally, one of them said, all right, we came with a conclusion, and they called. Come up to their leader, Jesus, and they say, hey, it's getting late. Come on, what's really happening with them? We're tired. We're hungry. We've been here all day. You've been talking to them all day. You've been healing them all day. That's really what they were saying. If you really look deep into their words, they were the ones that were achy inside. (laughs) They were just being little babies and they're like, Lord, you know, it's getting late. And we all talked about it. We had a little powwow. And we thought that we came up with this great idea. And what was their great idea? Hey, let's send the crowds so that they could go to the village and they could buy food for themselves. Come on, what are they really saying? Let's get them out of here already. It's been a long day, Jesus, don't you think? Oh, I'm just, I'm just so like I can't no more, is what they were really saying. Give us a break. So their conclusion was, let's just get rid of them. But they worded it in a way that it doesn't come off that way to Jesus. Because they wouldn't dare say, let's get rid of them. So what they said was like, hey, they're hungry. And I think that the Christian thing to do, I think the godly thing to do, is we should maybe tell them to go to a nearby village and they should get some food for themselves and eat, find some shelter. And if we're here, we'll do it again tomorrow. What do you think, Jesus? Great idea? You want me to go make the announcement? You guys like the scripture? How it plays out? I love it. How about if I tell you this? The disciples, they see this issue from a natural perspective. They see it in its fullness as a a physical problem. Listen, I believe that there are so many avenues of this account, so many books that can be written from just this one event, and I'm sure there are many books with many different views on just this event you can teach on this event 20 times in 20 different ways i'm not lying you could talk about the crowds you could talk about jesus you could talk about the disciples you could talk about the food you could talk about i mean think about you could there's so many different ways that you could, it's like a, it's a perfect it's a perfect event for to make a movie out of i mean you, you you could do something you could it's great but i would suggest that we look closely see what the disciples we're looking at to solve this issue. Oh, I th- we came up with this great plan, Lord. What do you think? And they thought that they, they came up with this plan to solve this issue. And then Jesus steps in, and Jesus has a whole other idea. <laughs> You've ever presented something to Jesus? And then Jesus comes back and says, "Ah, eh, thank you, but I think I'm going to do it different than the way you want it. And you're like, Shh, I thought it was a good idea. No? Then you then you haven't really had a battle match in prayer with God yet. Or you're just praying and praying. The Lord is just answering different than you. And and you're just trying to twist his arm. And he's like, "I just my idea is different than yours. And you're like, God, but it's a good one. You have to admit. He's like, yeah, but that's not my plan. All right. Jesus had another idea. He had another plan in mind. And I believe he wanted to teach the disciples was this. There's an, you say that there's an issue at hand. I say there's an issue in you. You with me? Here's the issue, Lord. They need to leave. And the Lord says, oh, I see the issue that you presented. But here's an issue that I see. It's not them. The issue right now is you. So I have a plan and I have this other idea that I'm going to actually do a great work for them, but I'm going to do a great work in you, and the way I'm going to do it in you is that it's going to flow through you, and when it flows through you, it's going to bless them, and when it blesses them, it's gonna it's like recycling. It's going to come right back, and it's going to overload you, overwhelm you. It's going to be abundant, and you're going to walk away from it humbled and blessed, waiting until you see what I have in store. If you know the story, you know I'm not lying, because how do they all walk away from this event? Full, full of food and f- full of food on both sides. I mean, they were full and it was full of leftovers. So it was a beautiful, I mean, the mind of Christ. It, it's, it's like, have you ever seen a movie and you're like, whoa, the director of this, how did he come up with all these storylines and create? And you're just like, floored. That's what this event was. It wasn't just a basic event. It was so much deeper in what Jesus wanted to demonstrate, do, and reveal the great revelation to the disciples. Lord, send them away. (laughs) Let the crowds find a place on their own to eat. Let them go find food and shelter for themselves. What are they really saying? We've done enough. You've ever felt like you've done enough for someone? Oh, okay. Okay. Let them provide for themselves. We're done providing. Let them provide for themselves. You have to love Jesus' reply. You have to love it. Let's go to verse 16. Watch this. Jesus' reply, but Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. (laughs) It's funny. It's comedy. Jesus is messing with them. And he's touching them in a very difficult place because they're hungry, and they're tired, and they're weary, and they want to go to sleep, and they want to eat for themselves. So what they did was they put it on the crowd, and they got hurt for the crowd, and they got bitter because of the crowd. Just get them out of here. Let us rest. Let us. Let us we have a good idea. Let them go to a town and eat. And Jesus says, nah, not needed. You feed them. What is he really saying? Oh, you thought you were done working? Work some more. Wow. Oh, you thought you were done serving? Now you just got started. Oh, you thought you were going to take a break now and vacation? Now is where it begins. My cousin just got decapitated and nothing's stopping me. You're weary, tired, and hungry. It just begun. Watch what I'm going to do. It's not needed. You feed them. Imagine how they all walked away from Jesus. All oh, hurt and mad and bitter and hungry. I'm like this. When I am hungry, ask my wife, feed me. I get in a bad mood. I'll talk bad about you. If your, mind, if your face comes up in my head and I'm hungry, I'm talking bad about you. And then I have to repent after. But I'm hungry. I'm sorry. It was the flesh. It wasn't the spiritual man talking. (laughs) I see you coming up. I'll I'll think about 10 bad things about you. Oh, my God, I can't stand that guy. And Nancy's just like, you're hungry. (laughs) That's the reality of it. Any other hungry people in this place? All right, go. We got a lot of people that can relate to my pain. But Jesus says to them, he says to them, this isn't necessary. You feed them. I want that just to sink in your heart for a moment. It's not necessary. Not necessary. You feed them. Who feed them? You mean you feed them, right? No, no, no. I didn't say me feed them. I said you feed them. We feed them? No, no, you feed them. Each one of you is responsible. You feed them. Oh, but it's, but it's, but it's you, right? No, no, no. It's you. You feed them. Come on, all of you would have gotten spiritual there, right? Oh, it's not in me, it's in him. It's like, no, no, you feed them. Wait, Lord, I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Who's feeding them? Peter, James, John, fellas, you, you, every single one of you, you feed them. It's not necessary, you feed them. This, this hit me. Come on, have you been here at this place? Are you at this place right now? Lord, this is impossible. (laughs) Been in in an impossible place? Okay, we already came to the conclusion we've all been at a hangry place. But at an impossible place? Look at what they say. Verse 17. Let's go to it. James, you're doing a good job, buddy. 17, ready? Guys, I'm not making this stuff up. Who's responsible, Lord? You are. Oh. <laughs> so what's the reply back to him? Um, we only, everyone say only. only. Come on. We only, say it again. Only. Don't be scared to say only like if you've never come up to the Lord and have not used that word in, before him in conversation before. Come on, everyone say only. only. Yeah. We only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Come on, have you ever been there? there? This is impossible. Feed them. But I only have. And Jesus just smiles at you. You got it. You got it. That's your problem. You only have. You, that, your vocabulary is your problem. The way you speak is your problem because, out of a man, the way he speaks, there, there, right there, that's the issue of the heart, man. And you speak from the condition of what's really happening and rooted inside of you. And you say that that's not enough. And you come to me to complain that you only have that. Come on, how many of us have been here? It's impossible. We only have the great revelation. It's all going to come full circle in a moment. Well, I've been there. Impossible. Maybe you said things like this. I can't do anything. I have no solution. I have no resource, resources. I'm not qualified. I don't have answers. I have no skills in this. With me? You with me? I have not lost any of you yet, have I? If I do have... How many of you have now done this? If I do have... I only have this much. Five loaves and two fish. If I can, I can only do this much. If I go, I can only go this far. Huh? Come on, you put limits on God? Oh, I'll serve you, but under these conditions. Oh, I'll go, but I'll draw the line here. Oh, I'll speak, but I'll only say these words. Oh... And what do you say? I only will do this. I'll only stop here. I can't do this, but I only have, and I only can, and I only will, and I'll only go. And, 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 and there's a bigger picture here that God wants to do in you. Lord, you need to do so. I only have this. Five loaves and two fish. You need to. You got us in this pickle. That's the reality of it. Jesus got them in the pickle. Peter and James and John and Bartholomew, like those guys are not like, you did, your fault, your fault. Judas in the back, like, eh, you know. No. It's Jesus' fault they're in that situation. <laughs> Jesus took them there. You have to come to a place to believe that Jesus is taking you and, and He's moving you and He's doing something. And when they get to that place, Lord, you need to do something. This is all we got. We only do a miracle. Come on, how about this one? Lord. Give us a revelation. (laughs) Do a miracle. Give us a revelation. Because I have no revelation, I have no counsel, I have no insight, I have not even inspiration, I have nothing in me. I'm weary, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I want them to go to a town and eat for themselves. Nothing in us, Lord. Give us a revelation, do a miracle, do something, and I'm sure all of us can can say, man, I've been here. Maybe you're here, and you're like, I'm I'm right here, this is where I'm at in my life. And the Lord looks at you, and he loves you so much, and his reply is, nah, it's not necessary. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. So here's what the Lord spoke to me a couple weeks ago. Maybe we're to stop looking for a great revelation from the Lord. Wow, why would you say that, preacher? Shouldn't you look for revelations from the Lord? I said the word maybe to be safe. So this is not a concrete statement. Notice how I choose the words wisely. (laughs) Maybe we're to stop looking for a great revelation from the Lord. The great revelation that the Lord may want to show you is not one that will be presented before you. Before you may be ready to just reveal itself. But the great revelation may just be that which is inside of you. Not ready to reveal itself to you the great revelation, but to demonstrate itself through you. See the difference? Hey, listen, we should be at a place with Christ already in maturity that the great revelation is flowing through you, and you're not crying in a corner just continuing to wait for the great revelation to reveal itself to you. It's time to mature and grow, especially in the age that we're living in. We gotta grow and mature and say, wait, the great revelation may be just that, what he wants to reveal through me. The great revelation may just be inside you. This deals with a lot, but it's learning learning to live with Jesus. How do we live with Jesus? It's not just a devotional in the morning or in the afternoon, lunch break, or at night. That's not how you live with Jesus. I hope Jesus is not just found in the book when you open it. I hope Jesus is not just found on the phone when you click on it. But do you live with Jesus in conversation throughout the day? Do you walk with Jesus in places and you feel things and you sense things? Like like how do you live with Jesus? And how is that working in you? And how is that working through you? All right. So it says in verse 18 that we only have this much food. And Jesus looks at them. He has all this planned out already because he's the great director. He's the narrator. He's he's working this whole story out. And what does he say next in verse 18? Oh, bring the food to me. Bring it over here. Let me see it it for myself. I love it. Let me see what you only have. You know what? I'm not going to bash the disciples because they could have taken that food and eaten it for themselves. But a part of them was still willing to hand it over to Jesus. See what I'm saying? Can't, you don't, don't be so hard on them. They're young. A lot of these cats are, are young guys, man. They're young. They're, they're teenagers. They're young. They're just becoming men. And they could have taken the food for themselves, but they're going to give it to the Lord. And Jesus tells them in verse 18, bring me the food. Let me see it. Verse 19, with me. Let's, go to verse, let's read 19, 20, and 21. I hope you're having fun. I hope you're enjoying the word of God. The the word of God is, hopefully it's honey. Hopefully you're blessed by it. It says this. So Jesus, in verse 19, takes the five loaves. He takes the two fish. He looks up to heaven. And he blesses the food. And he he begins to break the loaves into pieces. And he gives the bread to the disciples. Who then began to distribute it to the people. First off, like, I wish I was in this event. Like, I would have loved to have seen this. Like, how did he break the pieces? There's 12 of these guys. There's five pieces of bread, and these breads are probably not our style of Cuban bread that you could probably feed a, a lot of people with that Cuban bread. <laughs> these crackers, man, how do you break that into pieces and hand it to the 12? <laughs> hand it to the 12? Like, like how, do you, how do you have the uh, audacity like, how does this work? You break into pieces, you hand it to each one of the 12, and then you, you look at them in the eyes and you say, go feed them. You're like, but this is, this is not even going to fill me. Like, like just. And he tells, and they begin to distribute it to the people. Verse 20. Love this verse. I love this verse so much. Tell me if you know why I love this verse so much. Anyone know why I love this verse so much? Take a guess. They They didn't eat like, yeah, it was good. Oh, at least it would fill me up till I get back home and I'll, I could get filled up over there. Take an appetizer. Oh. Scripture is very clear in what happened on this day. Mark is clear. Matthew is clear. The Gospels are clear. And this is what they said. They all, everyone say All. Oh. Yeah, this wasn't like 10,000 of them stayed hungry. Three, like, no, no, they all ate. Remi- remember, this is not 5,000. It is said it could have been up to fifteen to 20,000. They ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Mark's account says it this way they all ate as much as they wanted what are they saying they're both saying the same thing verse 21 about 5000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women women and children mm, so it was more you look at verses 19 20 and 21 and we may pray for the lord to bring revelation through signs and through wonders. And, and, and listen, that's great. And amen if you're praying for that. I'm not discouraging that at all. Like, don't leave here and say, I can't believe that. Pastor Rico does not believe in signs, wonders, miracles. And God could do it. I'm No at all. If you know me, no. I'm just saying a lot of people are very weird. But no, I believe in that. I believe in signs and wonders and great things. I believe God could do that. 100%. I've seen it. I've been there. You're talking to someone that has had conversations with demons, like, I believe in this kind of stuff, right? I know, okay, let's let's preach that next week. All right. So we may be praying for all these things, and yes, that's great. The truth is, who doesn't want that? But let's not miss it, that the revelation, the great revelation is, is this. It's for us to be, to demonstrate the signs and wonders itself. That, that the gaze of the world would be on us once and for all, the church, the true church, the true bride. When the bride stands up in the, in the, in the last days, how does she stand up dressed? Oh, she's stained from all the years of pain and from all the crime, from all the hurt. She's stained. She's, she's dirty. She's eh. No one really wants to look at her. Eh, no, that's not what scripture says. When the bride is risen, how is she risen? She's risen in a beautiful dress, without spot, without blemish, a clean, white, radiant dress. That the gaze of the world would be on the church once and for all. That they would marvel, please listen to this. Hopefully I can encourage one person here today. Hopefully I can encourage myself. That they would marvel in how ordinary people are being used, commissioned, activated to do extraordinary things i want stories like this hey how was yesterday yesterday let me tell you there were five thousand people hungry and i had a hot dog and i said lord i blessed this hot dog and i started to cut it up in little pieces and i began to feed the crowd and i walked away with a shopping cart full of hot dogs god did a miracle in 2021 he multiplied the hot dogs you look at it like, you're weird, bro. It's insane. God can't do it. Right, because maybe I don't really understand the great revelation that is in me that wants to work through me. Huh? Think about that, that... That the marvel that extraordinary things would happen with just ordinary folk. You don't got to be a scholar. You don't got to have a hundred degrees. You don't got to know more than the person next to you. You have to be willing and available and love Jesus with all your heart, mind, and soul. And watch the things that he will do in you and through you. So the question is, are our hands... Are they not holding the miracles of God because they're too distracted holding on to the pleasures of this world? Are our lives not demonstrating the great revelation of Jesus because it has conformed to pattern itself after this world? Maybe this event was also to teach the disciples Don't question ever again that which lives inside of you. Know that you're able to do this. I'll be gone soon, kids, is what he says. (laughs) But as I'm going, I'll, I'll be living, I'll be living on in you. And I will work on through you. But you need to realize. That the revelation that is needed to feed the crowds. Come on, I'm I'm coming close to, to wrapping all this up. The revelation that is needed to feed the crowds, to supply the world, is not one that falls supernatural from heaven, making everyone marvel at its splendor. Because even if I do that, people will still reject me. But it's the supernatural work that my spirit is doing in you that gives you the ability to walk into the lives of others and to reveal to them the true love of Jesus Christ. Not needed. You go feed them. You do it. But you're leaving us? Yes, now it's you do it. The great revelation. They were to learn a spiritual lesson from this physical event. You're not just going to empty your baskets so that others can receive. But in return, emptying yourself, your baskets, you will return full. You will return overflowing. And then you will not know how all this has happened. Not knowing how all this has occurred. And you might say things like this, come on church, listen, how is my basket full of leftovers? When I only had such a little amount to offer. We're living in the days. How is my basket full of leftovers when I only had such a little amount to offer? Come on, the great revelation. Ready? Because you... Because you're not offering yourself. You're offering me, Jesus says. And when you offer me, I never run out. I am abundant. I overflow. Just like your baskets. Don't ever forget that. See, you gave yourself as a sacrifice. That part was done. Now you're mine. Hey, come here. If you gave yourself as a sacrifice... Can I be honest with you? Are you a done deal or not? You're a done deal. You are his sacrifice. So the Lord is teaching the disciples this as well. You gave yourself as a sacrifice to this calling. To walking with me. And now I use you to offer me to others. So that they can have. And not just have. People will only have as much as they want. So that they could have, and that they could have as much as they want. What does scripture say? They ate. They ate as much as they wanted. The problem with people, it's not that there's not food. It's that they're deciding when to stop eating from the food. That's the problem. The Lord says, I'm there to fill, and I'm there to Go deeper than what you, as deep as you want me to go. Why and how can Jesus be such a person and do such a thing? The answer is clear. Because in the person of Jesus, just like in all of eternity, there is also no end. So when you come to live life with me, there is no end to this. It's an overflowing, ongoing, beautiful mess we got ourselves into. You don't need a revelation from heaven. Church, you have the revelation of heaven. Did you hear what I just said? Tough crowd. You don't need a revelation from heaven. You have the revelation of heaven. And it's alive. And he's well in you. The question is, is the revelation coming out to reveal to others? The great revelation. It's greater than just us. It's greater than him just showing up, providing in the skies, like some sort of genie or fairy godmother. The great revelation is the Lord working through his sons and daughters on earth. Earth, because He is good, and you are His face on Earth. You are the goodness of God on Earth to show the man to show man. It's never ended. You would think that the disciples got it right. I'm I'm, I'm done. So you would think that the disciples got it right, like for sure. If I was there, I would have gotten it. No doubt about it. Yeah. So Peter, had, later on. Peter, not that long, actually, from this event. It's not like 10 years, 20 years. Like very soon after, Jesus and the death on the cross and resurrection happened. And in John 21, he gives us an insight of what happens. They ate breakfast and Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Remember that? You say you love me. Look at all these disciples here. But Do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. What is he saying? Go feed them. <laughs> when he said this to Jesus, I wonder if it clicked. This is the same thing he did on the day he multiplied the bread and the fish. He's making it personal to me now. Go feed them. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 15, he said to him, feed my lamb. 16, he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, Jonah, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, and tend my sheep. (laughs) He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Now Peter's grieved because he said to him this third time, do you love me? And he says to Jesus, Lord, (laughs) I'm thinking that's how he said it. You know all things. You know that I love you. And then Jesus says, then feed my sheep. Don't let the revelation die. Feed the revelation to others so that it can live in them and it can multiply. Feed my sheep like you fed them that day on the mountain." Like you fed them that day with just some crackers and fish. Do it again. And when you're tired, do it again. And when you want to give up, do it again. And when they're about to kill you, write some letters. And do it again. Do it again. Do it again. again. It's the great revelation in you. Continue to feed my sheep. Amen? I'm done. And as I end, I'm going to read through uh, one of Paul's writings. I won't preach on it we don't have time and i feel like we got the point but just because paul says something writes something so beautiful i want to share it to the church of corinth paul writes this in chapter 3 verses 4 all the way to verse 18 i'm just going to read it and it's going to let it do what it does ready we have this kind of confidence toward think about everything we just spoke about the great revelation and look what paul says we have this kind of confidence toward god through christ It is not that we are competent in ourselves. Another translation says, it is not that we are qualified. (laughs) So it's not that we are qualified or competent in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our competence, our qualification is from God. Through us. Verse 6, He's made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit produces life. Verse 7, now if the ministry of death chiseled in letters on stones came with glory, which it did, so that the Israelites were not able to look directly at Moses' face because of the glory from his face, a fading glory which it was, and that's the Old Testament, that's stories of old. But now, verse 8, how will the ministry of the Spirit now dwells in us? The whole thing about this context is the Holy Spirit now dwells in us. Before it wasn't dwelling, it was doing a work, but now it's living in us. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Can I ask you a question? How is the ministry of the Spirit not more glorious in your life? No? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, it did. There was a time when the earth swallowed up some of the Israelites. The ministry of condemnation had to deal with them. (laughs) And yet those were glorious days. The earth was swallowing up people and those were glorious days is what Paul is saying. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness overflows with even more glory. Thank God we're living in this age. In fact, what had been glorious is not glorious now by comparison because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was fading away was glorious, what endures will be even more glorious. Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness. You see the great revelation? We're not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face so that the Israelites could not stare at the end of what was fading away. Their minds were closed. For to this day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains. It is not lifted because it is set aside only in Christ. And we see that today with many of those that are from Israel, Jews. Even to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. And this is from the Lord who is the Spirit. There is a greater revelation inside of you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for such a beautiful reminder. We thank you, Lord God, because you're true. Your word is true. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I speak for myself many times I want a revelation from God but in reality I'm looking at the wrong things I'm looking to the wrong people you remind me that the revelation the great revelation it's already alive and well in me The problem is not for it to be revealed to me. It already has. The issue here, it's that it would be revealed as it flows through me. That I would demonstrate the great revelation to those in the crowd, just like in your day, Jesus, who were hungry, and who were like a sheep without a shepherd let me live with revelation because we live amongst people that are sheep without a shepherd let this church live with revelation because the world is a sh- is a world with sheep without a shepherd and let that great revelation of the great shepherd Let it flow out from us. And let them eat as much as they want to eat. We can't force anyone to eat. But let us offer it faithfully. And the crowds, let them eat until they are full. It's not our concern if someone just eats just a little bit to satisfy them. Just make us available. But we do pray that the crowds would consume it so they can't even breathe because of how much they've eaten of you. Lord, I hope we learned the lesson from this event in your life as the disciples sure did. you're so good that you even went back to Peter and you had to remind him later on again hey what you're doing is not your calling do you love me? yes Lord cool I knew you did that's why I asked you remember I asked questions that I already know the answer to I just wanted you to hear the words I know your heart so I know you really love me, but I needed you to hear this. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, God. Did you hear what you just said? You love me. So what do you want me to do, God? Jesus, what do you want? I love you, yes. Rego, go feed my sheep. Let there be revelation that comes out of you. I pray, Lord God, that this would be a place that people would flow from revelation, a revelation that is living in them. It could be dreams and visions, and it could be all those great things, signs and wonders, but like we learned today, it could also be your word, and let this word be so deep in us, and let the great revelation of this word come out of us. A book of, which is written as the book of Revelation. And here we are. We're called to eat all of it and to leave none of it behind. To eat of these words as much as we can so that we too can share it to others. Let us learn to live with you, walk with you, not just in devotionals, but let us live devotional that our walk would be constant with you. Let this church rise up one after another to be the great revelators of our day that display the power and the love of Christ and communicate the truth of his word to the masses and let the world wonder and be in awe of how did such a place who only had this little, how were they able to do so much? Because ours is not in the presentation of what is carnal. Ours is in the habitation of that which is spiritual. And he inhabits in his people. And let that be enough. Enough to rock our world around us for the gospel and for the kingdom of heaven. The great revelation, may it never cease from living in our lives. We love you and we declare and we thank you. I pray that you would do a a work with people today. Do a work in people today. In Jesus' name. And together we say. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. God is so good. Thank you, Lord. You could stand with me if you want. God is good. All the time. Alright. I'll see you next Sunday. Alright. With a little bit more pep in your step. Maybe bring some people with you. Maybe um, come on time to lift up some praises. Is Christ alive or dead in you? So then he should be alive coming out of you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Bless you guys.